Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Destiny Midweek. Thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for listening, giving us your ears for a little bit this week. My name is Mark Bell, and I'm joined with Pastor Matt Bell of Destiny Church in San Antonio, Texas. Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. Glad to be here on this Tuesday afternoon to talk about God's Word and whatever else you have planned for us today. Whatever I have planned. Well, we'll see. How are you doing? How Did you have a good weekend? Anything happening you'd like to talk about? No, as far as the weekend goes, pretty usual, standard, spend time with the family. Had a good nap, got a good nap in on Sunday. Mm. Really one of those, I think I slept at like five o'clock or six o'clock. And when the, when the time changed now, when you wake up from a nap and it's dark outside, did that, you, that's kind of wild. Did you have a hard time falling asleep Sunday night after that long nap? I can't remember. Mm. I don't Probably know. Probably not. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. No. Went, 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 went right to sleep. It was nice. What about you? I went to Fiesta, Texas on Sunday. Do they still have all those evil decorations no the death is gone they're starting to hang up their christmas decorations wow so that's great we need to get out there yeah so they're they're open this sunday and then next saturday the following saturday i think it's the 23rd they start holiday in the park which is my favorite time absolute favorite time to go to six flags fiesta texas really i thought it would have been halloween as like into Halloween, you guys are. You know, I I really enjoyed my Halloween experience that I had with my neighbors sharing the light. And what what light were you sharing? You know, I believe that you can share God's love even without sharing the gospel. Okay, I think that's possible. So you're sharing your light. No, I'm sharing the light that God has placed inside of me. Okay. That's the light that I'm sharing. So you're just kind of like smiling and being friendly? You know, I smiled and I was friendly. I handed out raisins with love, coffee that was prepared with love. So raisins, you weren't like passing out grape juice and bread? No, we didn't take communion. I didn't force anybody to take communion. So just like, yeah, I mean. But you know, I, I would think that you would think that you yourself were probably shining your light at Chick-fil-A, you know, hiding out in the the Christian world with your Christian chicken sandwich. But even in the even in the so-called light, I think you still think that you were shining your light. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're making this about me. We're well, talking about your you you your said love that I have Halloween. a love for Halloween and, and I have a love for death. Well, I was just surprised that you said you're happy that, you know, Christmas is coming. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought you would be sad because, you know, all the Halloween decorations are coming. No, down. I really don't enjoy the Halloween decorations. If you if you remember, I said that me myself had, we didn't have any decorations up. Oh, that's right. I f- must have forgot. And it was our house without decorations that was anointed the 
most Halloween-y house by our neighbors that said, you do Halloween right. But your neighbors are, are lost, right? They are. So, and so they were attracted to the light. Is that what it was? You, you, what else? I mean, I you think know. it was just the raisins? No, I thought maybe they were just so overwhelmed with the darkness there that they, you know, obviously they're living in darkness. So I see for them to say that you did it right. Should, so you know. you're saying it wasn't offensive enough that if I really was doing it right, well, if you're shining, they would have been offensive, yeah, if offended. You're, if you're shining the light of Christ, you can, you, yeah, you'll be offensive. There's no doubt about it. So there's no way to shine God's love without offending someone. Without offending their flesh? No, probably not. Interesting. I mean, the flesh, I mean, that's what we're talking about in Romans, right? How the flesh and the spirit are at war with one another. Yes. Now they're enemies of one another. So if we set out to, I think, I think what Romans eight, uh, let's see here. Romans eight, seven actually says is that the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot for those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So it sounds to me that you're taking a compliment from someone who's in the flesh, who's hostile towards God and cannot please God. So you are assume- I'm just saying you wouldn't, uh, that's not something to hang your hat on. Well, so what it sounds like is you are assuming that every single person that goes trick or treating is living in the flesh. I asked you if this person was a Christian. No, you didn't. That's what I did. I asked, I asked, I asked if they were a believer or I asked something. I don't remember what I said, but But last week you asked, no, no today, just Just now, just a few minutes ago. You said this person that told me I was doing Halloween, right? Were they saved? I I said, were they, I said, were they something? I don't remember what I said. We'll have to rewind and listen because I can't remember. Interesting. It doesn't matter. So did you have another Halloween party this weekend or is that something you just do once a year? We did in a different way. We uh, set up a, we have a little outdoor projection screen and we set that up in our backyard and invited some family over. I see. What do you, do you show movies on that? We showed a movie. What, what movie did you watch? It's a movie called Fantastic Mr. Fox. So did like, do you have to get a license to no, publicly not, it's show? No, it's in a private setting. We're in our backyard. But we had food. We provided a nice plant-based meal for our family. And by the just, w- by the way, I wh- whose birthday was it recently? Was it Ruthie's? Yeah, we came over to your house for Ruthie's birthday. Mm-hmm. And okay, here we go. I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> had a wonderful time, and there was some sort of there was like plant-based food, and some of it was good and some of it was uh not not my favorite the uh carrots in a blanket bunnies in a blanket those were great they went quick but then there were these like imitation meatballs yeah and i love meatballs 
And I probably had about 15 of them. And what were those made out of? Because that, that almost killed me. I mean, the gas I had that night. Why do you think, why do you assume ate? that it was from that and not what you ate for lunch? What did you eat for lunch that day? I can't even remember. It was so nondescript. It was if I even ate anything. So My, when you eat a regular meatball, do you question what's in it, what it's made out of? No, I know it's made out of meat. You don't really know that? Well, I, I assume that that's... Anyway, yeah, whatever so we, those things were, they, they set me on a trajectory of pain and turmoil for like three days. <clears throat> I had intense intestinal trauma. You know, nobody else had that issue. Uh, maybe they were just more, maybe they were more polite and didn't want to, you know, be a bad guest. Or maybe, you. maybe you're the only one who had 15 meatballs. <laughs> that's, that's also possible, but I've also eaten 15 normal meatballs before and that's never happened. So I, right. So you're never going to, so for the rest of your life, you're going to associate a plant-based meal with the gas and intestinal what were those? Were, were, those were like soy balls, right? Yes. I'm, I'm probably just going to try and stay away from that much soy. I don't have a gallbladder, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. They tasted great. That's why I had 15 of them. But we also, we made a, like a pasta, and, and for the cheese sauce, we made it out of cashews. Okay. And so you may, you may just have a cashew allergy. No, I don't think so. That's one of the things that I took like one nibble of and you weren't feeling it. I did not eat any of it. It just, it, it, it didn't do anything for me. So I'm, I, it, other, it probably was good for other people, but it just didn't work for me. No, it was the pumpkin pie. Sorry. It was the pumpkin pie we made with cashews. I had a piece of that. The or mac and cheese, we actually use potatoes for the cream. Yeah. So anyway. Because I'm, real, I'm, really I'm really sensitive to almonds, which is kind of weird. Yeah, whatever. I just don't want you to give up on. I haven't even, I haven't even gone. I don't There's want nothing you to, to give up on. I don't want you to write off never again trying any of. Carrie's delicious no, cuisine. No, that that's not going to happen. But, you know... I'll just eat it in moderation. There will be a little bit of gas now and then, because you are eating a lot of legumes, a lot of, a lot of beans. Yeah. It's great. It, it's really great. So, but... I'm really happy that you guys are on this journey. Where did the journey even come from? Oh, so that's what we did in our backyard. It wasn't quite like Halloween, but we watched a movie. We're having the youth over this Wednesday night. That's really cool. Probably do the same thing. We'll get a little fire going and uh, have a movie going or maybe the Spurs game. It's going to be in the 40s. Hopefully you can shine your light. Hopefully. But apparently that means that every single one of them have to leave feeling convicted or else I didn't shine my light. I can tell that you're feeling convicted right now. So I guess I'm doing my job. So I'm I'm in the flesh. Must be. Okay. So this week we went with uh we we had week 4 of our series in Romans 8. 
Yeah, halfway through the series. Covering verses 12 through 12, 17? Uh, through 17, yeah. Half of 17? Yep. Yep. And... Living, d- living the no condemnation, mm-hmm. spirit-filled, power-infused, supernatural. If God is for me, who can be against me? What can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord, kind of life? Life. life. Yep. What do you think about that title? Is it growing on you? I haven't... I haven't like tried to memorize it yet. That's okay. I mean, but I like it. I think it's cute. Cool. I was going for cute. Yeah. So must've hit the nail on the head there. So what was this week's, uh, high point? This, this week was all about mortification. Can you say mortification? You Mark. Can I? Yeah. Mortification. There you go. Thank you. Have have you ever heard of that word? Have you ever thought about that word? I mean, I, I've heard people say I was mortified. Okay. That's usually like very distraught or disgusted or scared to death. Scared to death. Right. Yeah. So that's what it's about. Mortification is putting sin to death, your sin that still remains in us and killing it, not living with it or settling or thinking that life's just always going to be that way and I'm just always going to have to deal with this sin. Which I probably should have said Sunday, but I forgot. But not not settling for a life of of bondage to sin because we've been set free and we can put sin to death by the power of the Spirit. Yeah, it really ties into the last few weeks. Yeah, it all kind of builds. It's all building. It's like Paul knows what he's doing yeah the holy spirit obviously who's speaking through him right but before we get to that i mean there's some breaking news happening right now what's that you haven't heard about this breaking news? no i haven't you haven't no are you for real i haven't heard i find that hard to believe like incredible news unless i mean kanye west is going to be at lakewood church on sunday really wow Thank you, Jesus. Ma'am, just praise God. What look at what God is doing. It's amazing. That really is cool. It's wild. Maybe he'll get baptized. That's really I'm I'm thankful for that. So that's well that's wild. Do you follow Lakewood Church on Twitter? Did you just get a an update? I think you're the one that told me right before we came in here. No. I saw that you responded. Before I mentioned it, so I know that you knew about it I before I did. You're not the one that posted that. No. Oh, so who was it? I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, uh, Kanye West is going to be at Lakewood Church on Sunday. So you know, we're so we're canceling our services. So everyone, load up and drive to Houston uh, Sunday morning to just what is happening right now? <laughs> it's a joke. We're just going to be live streaming. If you come to Destiny on Sunday, we're just going to be live streaming Lakewood and the new Christian Pope, Kanye West. We should have upped our Light Your World budget to like $3 million and maybe we could have had Kanye maybe bring his choir to Light Your World. I mean, there's still time if you want to give $3 million towards uh, bringing Kanye to Light Your World. There's still time. Still time. So what do you think about his album? I know you've been listening to it a lot. No, I've listened to it a couple times. Really? You were telling me earlier how you just can't 
stop listening to it. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> that wasn't you? So since we're doing this, I guess we're talking about Kanye right now. I feel really weird about it because there's been some Kanye songs in the past that if I could be honest, I do enjoy listening to, but Ooh. they weren't very edifying. Scandalous. And, but now I feel like if I'm listening to this album, it's because I'm a Christian and it's what I, I, I have to be doing because I'm a Christian. So I need to be excited about this Kanye album. So the fact that I feel like I need to be listening to it because I'm a Christian to support him in a way, it makes me not want to listen to it. Okay. But you have, I have listened to it a, a couple of times. <laughs> Cause there, there's a, there's a couple tracks that can kind of mm. help you get that extra set of reps at the gym. I see. That's probably why I haven't listened to it very much because you haven't been to the gym not doing those the last re- couple of weeks doing those reps. Have you listened to it? I listened to it once. One time. One time. One time. One time. I did watch his video. I have watched several of his videos, like interviews and and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did you see the one where he was on the airplane? Yeah. With, uh, was that comedians in cars getting coffee? No, that's the. Uh, it's like the car karaoke, but it was airplane karaoke. Yeah, I saw it. That was wild. They were all singing songs. See, he felt. I think his name's James Corden. At the end, he said, I, I feel closer to God throughout all of this. Good. But I really feel like they were just, you know, shining their light. Well, I hope I hope that he not only feels closer to God, but that he actually is closer to God. Because what, what would be actually disastrous would be to feel closer to God and to think that you're closer to God when you actually are not. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but if it starts with a thought, maybe, wow, am I closer to God? Oh, wow. Maybe there is a God because I feel closer to God. Maybe I should pursue what I'm feeling here. And maybe that could lead him to discovering the gospel. Right. Sure. I'm, I'm all for, I'm all for what he's doing 100%. And I just pray that he can continue on and to grow and mortify his flesh. Hmm put sin to death in his life and get his wife to put some clothes on every once in a while would be a good, a good place to start. Right. Which that's, that's great. So we're talking about killing the flesh, killing sin, right? Mortification. Did you say mortification? I did. Okay. Yeah. A couple times. That's I, was, what, I was listening to you on two X, so I might've missed it. That's what it says on, uh, in the King James. It's kind of an old word, mm-hmm. but if uh, you read John Owen, which he has written the book on mortification, and you can get his, you can actually get his uh, his book uh, for it free. It's called "On the Mortification of Sin in Believers" by John Owen. It's actually a very classic uh, work. Maybe we can post the link to the book. Yeah, I can post a link to it because you can download it for free. It's in, um, what do you call that when stuff is free? Free? No, where it's like out of copyright. Mm, mm-hmm. Like the copyrights. Unibridged? Ex- no. that's un- <laughs> Anyway, the copyrights expired and you can get it for free. But when something has been mortified, it means that it has no power, no life. 
no strength to produce its effects. So the power, the strength, the life of sin has been removed by the Spirit to put it to death in our lives so that we can live a life that's holy and righteous and pleasing to God. So that's what Sunday was all about. How do you think it went? It, it, it was good. I think it, I think it was good. I, I hope it was a blessing to some people. I, I, I think that, you know, we're, we want to be full of God's grace and we want to be people that preach salvation by grace through faith. And sometimes we neglect to preach that those who have been saved by grace are called to live a life of holiness. And so going through Romans eight, that's part of what it means to be a Christian is to live a life of, of holiness and to be at war against sin in, in our lives. So how would you differentiate mortification with sanctification? They're part of the same process. So it's, it's like two sides of the same coin. So, so on one side of sanctification is the character of Christ being produced in us, the life of Christ. So that's the positive side. So Christ's life growing in us, his nature, his character. And then the negative side of that same coin is now also putting to death the flesh. So mortification is part of sanctification. It's like the negative side to the positive side. I just think it'd be cool if, if people started saying sanctify, sanctify, and mortify or sanctification and mortification. Well, sanctific mortification is part of sanctification. It's like a subset. So sanctification encapsulates. It does. Mortification. It does. Um, it does. But typically we think of the, the positive side. Right. You of think it. of, of Christ's character coming into you and, and you, showing the fruits of that right the life obviously the fruits of that are putting sin to death but not ob not obviously right like that like that like that's not obvious i think i think a lot of people think that it's okay to live however i want no condemnation i'm saved i'll try to be better and try to be more loving and gracious but what Paul is saying here is that we must, if we're going to experience the, the life, the abundant life of Christ, if we're going to live out that life, we have to put sin to death in our lives or we will not experience the, the, the Christian life as God intended us to live it out. Yeah. He, he says you will die. Yeah. If you live according to the flesh. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So it has to take a work of the Holy Spirit. Right. You, you have to do it by the spirit. You cannot do it on your own. Right. So the quote, uh, I, think of, I think this is also from John Owen, that you cannot do it without the spirit, but the spirit will not do it without you. Man. It's good stuff, right? That's really good. Yeah. So you cannot do it without the spirit, but the spirit will not do it without you. It's, it's a co-laboring. It's a working together. 
And really what it ends up being is us submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit, the conviction from the Holy Spirit and the revelation that we get when we read God's word. So when we read through God's word and it says, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. That applies to me. I should be convicted by that. But even if I'm not, God uses the word to shine his light into the dark places of my heart. And now through the spirit, I can put to death those things, which just trying to do it on my own, I can't do it. And if I can do it and I do it on my own strength, it leads me into greater sin of pride and self-righteousness and self-sufficiency and thinking that I actually am better than I really and truly am, which is self-deception. So if there are certain sins that I end up putting to death through my own strength and power, it actually leads me into greater sin of the heart. Right. Because like you can like say you struggle with alcohol, getting drunk and partying and all this kind of stuff. You can stop doing that in your own strength. You can, you can, people can do that and they do and they do. But if they do it in their own strength, the tendency of the human heart is to then be proud in your accomplishments. And that leads you into self-deception about who you really are. Right, because doing it in the spirit is realizing that it's not it's not you that's doing it. Right. And so anytime you do recover from something or, or battle something and fight that and win, you're pointing people to Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit. One of, one of the things that uh, I didn't have of, of much of a chance to talk about Sunday because it is a little deeper is... So saying drinking, for instance, mm-hmm. um, excessively and getting drunk and partying and all that, you can stop doing that in your own strength. But what you cannot do is uproot the root of whatever that sin is in your heart, in your own strength. So that is, that is a, something broken that's manifesting in that. And so while in your own strength, you may be able to stop those activities, that root of sin is going to start manifesting somewhere else. And so what you cannot do is take the ax to the root of that sin and, and genuinely uproot that from your life and flesh. You cannot kill it in your own strength. It has to be you and the power of the Holy spirit at work. And so if people only try to, be better morally without actually dealing with the heart and the root issues is just going to manifest in, in another place, in another direction, a different fruit of sin. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great example of why we have this podcast. There you you go. couldn't do it on Sunday. You couldn't talk about all that, but now you can. And I really think that for the six people who are listening to this, yeah, that's really going to bless them. So then the rest of the passage on Sunday, it goes on to talking about how we have been adopted 
Right. And as sons and daughters of God, we cry out to him saying, Abba, Father. Right. So again, I, I think these ideas are together and I tried to bring them together of mortification of sin and being a child of God and having and living out of that identity that I'm no longer part of the kingdom of darkness, but God has adopted me as his son and his daughter. And that living from that is how we put sin is part of how we put sin to death. And in all of my studying, I didn't see anybody making those connections. And I've, I've got maybe four commentaries that I'm using on Romans eight, not a one of them tied those two things together. So that either means like I'm onto something really great or I'm totally <laughs> off into something that's not right. But typically the, the commentary commentaries that I'm reading are from the same kind of theological persuasion. But I really think that there is something to realizing who you are in Christ and how you got there and all of the implications of that, that, it does transform your mind and your thinking. So what he's talking about is serving God as a slave or serving God as a son Mm -hmm. and specifically thinking about God's commandments. And if I approach God's commandments as, as if I was his slave, it changes how I view them, my, my desire to obey them. But if I approach God's commandments as a son, I do it with joy and love. And so I think that those two things are, are very, very much linked to one another. Yeah. You said on Sunday that anytime you give your children a command or tell them to do something, it's really for their own good. Right. And I, I, I mean, I, I never knowingly ask my kids to do something that I know is going to bring them harm or, or hurt them somehow. I certainly have had them do things that it didn't work out the way I intended. That's just because I'm not omniscient and perfect, but God is. And so part of it is just trusting him and his word and trusting who he is and knowing him as Abba father produces that trust so that when we read something in his word, we're like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why God would be asking me to do this. doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but because I know him as my father, I'm going to trust him and his character and I'm going to obey him out of love. And that's how we put sin to death in our lives. It removes the power of sin in our lives. And it should allow us It should move in us in a way to where when we do sin and when we do fall short, that we know that we can cry out to him. Right. And not be, not in shame or in fear, but knowing that he is a loving father who wants what is best for us. And so I think just, I mean, the way that we parent and father doesn't compare to how God is our father, but I think it is helpful. Like when you mentioned Asher, when he was hurt that he called out to you. Right. And 
I also think it was cool how you said he doesn't he doesn't say Matt, right? You know, he says Daddy. And when Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, "Say our Father in heaven." He didn't use Lord or Yahweh, the official title, but right. his personal personal name, which is personal to us. He is our Father, and so I. I just agree completely. I think realizing that he is a loving father who wants what is best for us, it, it should allow us to approach him when we do fall short, when we do mess up, knowing that he he is there for us and he's not there to just kind of lord it over us, what we've done wrong and rub us in our, our dirt and shame, which a an owner might do as a, with a, right. Yeah. Look at how you messed up. Right. You, you're not, you're falling adequate. short. How could you do this again? This isn't what I want you to be doing. But as a father who has adopted us, he does it with love. So another thing that, um, th- there was just so much in this passage and, and I tried to, I tried to hit all of it. So I probably made a mistake in that. So I tried to hit all of it, but I couldn't really go deep on any of it. And I probably should have just picked one aspect and gone deep on that. But one of the really cool things about the Abba Father is, is that it says that the Holy Spirit, we've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba Father. That word cry there is only used uh, uh, several times in the New Testament. Every time it's used... It's used by a person who's in intense emotional distress. It, it is a plea for help, crying out from a very broken place. And so what, th- what this is saying is that when life is hard, that we turn to God and, and cry out and that God is there to hear us. And of course, that word Abba, the best way to translate it is daddy. Don't get me started on people saying and praying to daddy God, but not a fan, not, not a fan. Uh, but I, I, I understand why, but it, it's just, it's just weird. <laughs> anyway, if that's your thing, go for it. Just don't do it around me. Verse 16, the spirit bears witness The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And I talked about this just so briefly Sunday. It was almost in passing because I was way out of time. But how does the spirit bear witness with our spirit? How does the spirit, Holy Spirit, confirm to us that we are God's children? How does he give us that assurance and did you listen? You, did you, do you remember what I said on this point? No. Yeah. It's because I went over, I had to go over it so fast. So I, I just want to drill down on it here again. It is the fact that we do cry out, Abba, Father. That's our spirit and the Holy Spirit crying out through us, Abba, Father, that that is how we can be assured that we are sons and that we are daughters. And so that is one of the ways that we are assured that we are his sons is because we cry out to him as our father. 
non-Christians don't call out to God as father. That's something that Jesus taught us, his people, to call to God that way. And so if we approach or if we are approaching God as our father, if we are crying out to him as father, that is an assurance to us that we are his children. I don't, you know, other people's kids don't call me father. They call me Uncle Matt or Matt or Pastor Matt or whatever. They don't call me dad. My kids call me dad. And so if you have that relationship with God as father, that's an assurance. That, that's a way that the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are God's children. The other really interesting thing in here is that he, he doesn't say that we are his sons and daughters. And I didn't have time to get into this on Sunday. But part of the reason why is because he then goes from talking about sonship to heirship. And so even if you are a woman, you still share in this inheritance as a son. Because the sons are the ones who would receive the inheritance from their father. And so what he's saying is that we have been adopted as sons, whether we're men or women, we share in this inheritance that the, that the sons would share in. And I I just love that. So if, if you're sitting there thinking, well, I'm a daughter, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman. I mean, how does this apply to me? He's not saying sons and daughters, just saying sons. That's why he's saying just sons, because in that day and age, in that culture, if you were a daughter, you didn't share in the inheritance from your father because you, when you became a woman and were married, you became a part of your husband's family. However, we all are adopted into God's family as someone who has the rights of a son to share in that inheritance that we have received, which is awesome. Heirs with Christ co-heirs with Christ. So what belongs to Christ belongs to me. And that's just incredible. I'm going to get into that a little bit on Sunday also, because I will be speaking. That's right. You heard it here first. Breaking news. Since you forgot and didn't announce it on Sunday. Well, I wanted people to come, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have people. If you wanted people to come, you should have announced it. uh, Exactly. But uh, there's other people who, when, when, they come to church and I'm not speaking. They come to me and like, oh, why did I come to church today? And hopefully you chastise those people. I, I lovingly encourage them to receive God's word with openness and sincerity of heart, whatever vessel it is coming through. Yeah. So I really feel like I'm going to have to even up my game a little bit more so that those people that come just to hear you, but the good thing is you're going to be there, right? This is one of the few Sundays I'm actually going to speak where you're actually still going to be there and not yeah, and maybe, somewhere else. So maybe, you, you'll, you'll be, still be up on stage. Yeah, and, I'll be there. I'll be there. So the people that come just for you. Right, exactly. They'll still see you. And they can come get a hug afterwards. And but Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about that. Because that ties in with the being an heir and, and having an inheritance with Christ ties in with what I'll really the main part of what I'm going to be talking about next week, which is suffering and how, how we are able to endure that. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Okay. But yeah, this is just this... Really, these last three weeks, talking about sin and death and, you know, what sin really looks like and what it, how it will manifest in your life if you don't do something about it. And then with it really culminating this week with you have to kill it and put it to death or it will kill you. Just something we really have to think about every day, every single day. Right. And because we make so many decisions every single day that is, am I going to give into the flesh in this moment or am I not? Right. And it's so easy in the little decisions to think, well, this isn't going to have a big impact on the overall walk with God and in my life and my family and all that. But it's, it's death. When you, when you walk in the flesh, every choice that you make to please yourself and please your flesh is opening your life to death. So every single decision is so important. And that's why we need to constantly be living a life in the spirit. Exactly. And if you're listening to this and and you're struggling with habitual sin and you've just given in and thought, you know what, this is just something I'm going to have to struggle with for the rest of my life. I just want to encourage you. That is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. Jesus Christ and his power has truly set you free and the chains and the power of sin have truly been broken in your life and you can by the power of the Holy Spirit, I really believe put to death sin in your life, even if it's generational or multi-generational, that is something that you can receive the victory from. So don't settle. Don't settle for living a life of death, a life of brokenness, a life of condemnation. Jesus Christ came to set us free from all of that and to give us life and life abundantly. And so you're going to have to fight though. You're going to have to fight what Paul says is the good fight of faith. And that's what you were saying, Mark, every day. We have to wake up with the mentality that we're going to go to battle today. We're going to fight for our sanctification and mortification and holiness and purity and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Really looking forward to speaking to the congregation this coming Sunday. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. You You don't. Definitely want to come on out. It's going to be a great Sunday. We'll talk to you next week. God bless you.